And this session is the many models of multi-site, but they're also going to be able to share some of the mistakes that they've made along the way if you're interested in that. Uh, just, just for context, we got Josh Plassance here, and he oversees the Dwelling Place, which is now going to be a, a network of churches, and, and I'll let him give a little bit of a, a short intro on the model that they use. And then we've got Conan Stevens, he's at C3 Church, but they have a church planting network called C4, and I'll let you give, he'll give a, a reason of why they named it C4, I'm sure you probably have your, your own ideas, but there you go, you've already got it, so yeah. Uh, and there are, this. what I feel like last session was a little bit of maybe let's, some encouragement of, hey, we've made a lot of mistakes and uh, what's, what's shiny isn't always, always shiny. But this, I really feel like there can be some very practical things that can come out of this. And even if the most practical thing is the relationship, that's what we're hoping. That these relationships, these people have done it, so they've kind of trailblazed this. But there's also different models out there that we haven't yet thought of probably. So we want this to be also an encouragement to you that even if you have never had the thought of, can I be a multi-site church? We hope you walk away with, yeah, if, if these guys can do it, then... <laughs> so these are the poster children for success. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to hand over the microphone. And then again, similar to last session, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them speak a little bit of... What they, have, what they have already have established, and this is going to be a little bit awkward for them because it's going to feel like they're bragging a little bit, and they're not. They're going to give all, God all the glory, so let's just get that out of the way right now. Anything that they've accomplished, they know it's because God has been a part of it, and they're just being obedient to that vision. But I'm going to let the content be driven by you. So if you have some specific questions and, and about a model, whichever one of them feels most qualified to speak to it, they will. Uh, Sarah House actually also works with us in church multiplication. She's really the brains behind the operation. Uh, she, just let, she just lets me have the microphone because she doesn't want it. But the most practical thing that you can walk out of here with is probably her email address. <laughs> So if, if, if for whatever reason, these guys, here's what's funny. These guys are like all vision. So if you need some of the blanks filled in, that's why Sarah's here. So she's going to talk about the, 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 the practical steps and some of the, the legal stuff if you want it. So the content's going to be driven by you. So I'm going to hand this over to Conan Stevens, let him give a little bit of an overview of where he is. And then if you don't have questions, I will start, and then hopefully that will generate some questions for you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so we, we uh, planted C3 Church 10 years ago, just celebrated uh, 10 years in Pickerington, Ohio, so right outside of Columbus, and you know, really from the beginning had a vision of not just planting a church, but, but launching a movement, you know, of, of church plants, and so uh, trial and error, I mean, you, you went, I, we, yeah, you, you start walking down this path, and I, I would say this, I think anyone... I think any church, if, if they're intentional about it, can start a network of churches. Like we could, you know, I think healthy things reproduce. And so we, we, we started planting churches. And originally it was our board going, ugh, well, we need a firewall <laughs> in case one of our churches does something stupid and we get sued. So we're like, yeah, we should probably call it something. So we launched the C4 uh, church planning network. And we have our, uh, our C4 director here, so Joe Grubbs, right there in the Ooh. beautiful pink. Come on, good looking man there. So, uh, man, we work together. And, and, and really, our goal is we want to plant 100 churches. And so, kind of our model has been this has been, uh, you know, f- either through relationship or f- people in our church that have a vision 
from God to plant a church, we go, we'll help you do that. And so we operate a little bit different. Um, we launch sovereign church plants. And so their own finances, their own everything under the PAC model, which parent-affiliated church, you guys talked about that uh, through the Assemblies of God. So um, I'll just say this, in the Assemblies of God, we are set up to succeed. So one of the things we did from the very beginning that helped us, we said, hey, we're going to put, we, uh, we encourage every one of our churches should be tithing 10%, period. So we say, hey, would you put 2% of your 10% into the C4 network? Will you pay it back? And then, so we have finances. So if you start that way, you begin, you, you begin to get money in the bank to plant churches. And so, and then, so that's how we sustain kind of, they're always paying back into that. And, and so we did, we began to, uh, you know, guys either that we had relationship with and from as far as, okay, the redheaded Viking who was in here earlier, Doug Grassick, okay, was our first shot at it. And I don't know if we, yeah. he's out there, man. He's like, I don't know. He was at some place, and I don't know if he shared that. He was at another church, and he's like, man, I don't know. I said, hey, what if you plant a church? Do it through the Assemblies of God. He's like, I don't know. I said, come on. I knew him as a student, you know. And so long story short, um, yeah, he's doing his thing. His was out of town. The rest of the guys, uh, he is now a sovereign church work. So the rest of the guys that we planted were guys, some of them that came from within, and I would just see it on them. They'd be running a small group, and there's 30 people at their house. I'm like, you called of God to be a church planter. Yes! Eh! Okay, we're going to put you in a place of leadership here. We didn't really have a structure or a strategy. We put them in places of leadership. We tried to coach them along the way, and then we said, hey, whoever you talk to in the church, you want to take with you? You can't. Gary was there at that time. I said, you can't take my wife, Carrie, or Gary. Anybody else? Is, you can take. Preferably not our main staff members because we don't want to kill it too much. So we, we'd bring them on the stage, and there'd 30 people, 40 people. I think one was 50 people, and we'd pray them out. We'd take an offering for them, and we supported them financially as a church. And so they're getting finances from C4. They're getting finances through OCMN, and then they're getting finances through the National Office Assembly of God. So we tell them now, if you can raise 10, we're going to give you 10. I'll throw numbers in my... Okay, we're going to give you 10, 20, and then 30 from the National Office. So you're going to have $60,000 if you can raise 10. So you've got to raise 10,000, we need you to come up with 25 people. If you can do that, we can help you plant a church. What's your vision? Yep, so technically we are their board. We have a board of... C4 has a board. Myself, Joe, and a couple others serve on that. So we help them get everything situated. And then our goal is... We want to launch them. We want them to be sovereign churches. We don't want them to be packed churches forever. We want to populate Columbus and Ohio with brand new church plants. And so um, that's kind of that's how we've been running. And so, you know, now we have a, a whole pipeline that Sarah and the team, Gary, helped us set up. So we have everything. They come in now, you know, training. We have monthly meetings uh, two times a month that meet uh, here in Columbus with our church planners. We're trying to, we have the one where our current guys invest in. And then the other, one we bring guys from the outside that invest in. And so trying to give them all the tools to do it, but that's, uh, that would be, I guess, it in a nutshell. Yeah. Missing so, so if you didn't hear, I mean, can you tell the guy's passionate about plant churches? <laughs> Imagine working with that. Uh, but the model, though, as of right now, that's yeah. going to shift, and we can talk a little bit about why that's going to shift, but the model has always been they have not been C3 churches. Mm-hmm. So they have come in and then they would launch and they would be their own individual pastor. They're not multi-site as far as uh, can, uh, the video venue. So he would bring people in with the intent that they would be sovereign on their own. Okay, not financially tied. It's right. their own finances. Their own. Yep. Different names of churches, all that good stuff. So they're in the C4 network, yep. but they're not, a, they're not a part of C3 church. So just kind of as a backdrop, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how... Uh, 
Josh is doing it, and then we can throw in a couple different models that are out there as well. So Josh, give them a little bit of a, kind of how you're set up right yeah. now. So we are in uh, the Toledo area, came into a church. Conan was a, a plant. They planted their own church, started it. We were came into an existing church and did a revitalization process. So uh, we've been there 10 years. First six years was the revitalization. And from the very beginning, we started to sell the vision to say, listen, uh, and when I was interviewed, I can go back to the conversation at the table. Uh, I left uh, Calvary, which was a large church of 1,000 people at that time in Toledo. And they said, do you see us being 1,000 people? And I said, yeah, someday, but not in one location, in seven or eight locations. And I believe, I grew up Catholic, I believe the Catholics had the right mentality of a community-based church, that not everybody comes into the mothership and goes from there, that like if, you're, if you live in a suburb, or you live in the country, you live rural, whatever, you're, you're shopping with those people, you're at the library with those people, you're doing all this, and so why not be a church with those, with those individuals? And so we came into this... Um, you know, the three years ago, we launched uh, our first church. And uh, the process behind that is, you know, uh, you guys are, they're launching church. They're a large church, launch planting churches. And the, and pretty much everybody you see on the platforms today are in the, in what Conan or Jim's seat would be in. Uh, if Jim was here, Wilkes, uh, it's the large church doing it. We are at about 100, 120 was when we launched our first campus, our first church. And uh, it was a pack, but it was, it came up where the dwelling place, it was a dwelling place, Swanton, seven miles away um, into this other community. They have a community of 2,600 people. And we said, listen, so we, we did Saturday nights, then moved to Sunday mornings. Uh, It wasn't like the, we walked through the facility. I prayed at the place. I went and signed the documents. And then I told my board, we're planting a church in Swanton. And that was a... (laughs) So a packed church is a parent-affiliated church saying that they're coming up underneath. They do all their reporting. We're their board. We're uh, leadership from there. You see the difference in the model already. Okay. Yep. So within that, then, we, uh, we maintain the same finances. Uh, we have one budget. Uh, they deposit their deposit every Monday morning or Sunday night, Monday morning, into the bank in their community. And then uh, we have one bookkeeper. We have an office uh, from there. And so that uh, church out there, and it's been a slow go. Like, so we'll start with, I mean, that church in Swanton has been going three years. They're now in the 50s. They're now finally making their budget. Uh, it's just been like this huge turnaround and the last two months, they've just gone for it. So for us, it's more the mod- it's not even the big splash at the beginning because we're going into a small community. And we said, listen, if we can get 1% of the community, there's 3,600 people in that community, we're going to get 36 people. Let's start there. And then now we're going to go for 2% of the community and just doing it from a different. There's, there's folks on platforms and stuff that will talk. They won't plant a church. Rob Ketterling won't plant a church unless he's got 500 people that will go to that site. I'm like, ooh, I'd love to have 500 people even in our church. But that doesn't... <laughs> But I can't handle that. So, um, so we were there. Then that was our first one. Um, I'm a presbyter of, of Northwest Ohio, and so I feel that as a presbyter, my role is to be a gatekeeper of our our area. And by that, I mean that I hold I hold the leadership of that within our AG churches. But if we're going to see God move in our place, we I've got to make sure that we're creating an environment for that to happen. So we had a church that was going in a community uh, in 1985. It's celebrated 52 years now. In 1985, it was at their peak, 300 people at this church and this 
small community of 2,600. And um, they bought land, did all this stuff. Well, in 85, their pastor moved out. And uh, the church over the next 20, 30 years took a slip back to about eight people. That church had sat at about eight people for about 15 years. At that point, I had approached the other large churches in our area to say, listen, would you take on this place and take it as one of your sites? None of them wanted to take that. So I said, listen, I'm the gatekeeper for our area. It's 30 minutes, 30 miles away. It's 45 minute drive. We're going to do this. So we came in in December of 15, closed the building, brought them up underneath our leadership, brought a pastor. They've been meeting in a home group for the last two years. We just sold some land and by, Mar- by Memorial Day, we'll have a, that campus will open, location will open and we'll have a grand opening by September. And so we not only planted a church from a small church, then we went over and we took a, a church that was struggling. We've already, they started, they had eight, we're at 16 in a home group. And uh, even last week when we closed the documents on that place, um, the land, the guy that bought the land from us was asking us all kinds of questions about when are you going to have your grand opening, all this stuff. That's the doc closing table the lady that was there in another community saying i live in woodville and uh, we've been looking for a church where you know i know where you're at and all these things and so here's the community of 2600 that are in that community right now and so that's the goal we're going for these rural locations kind of the places it's great we've got toledo in toledo we only have three churches within toledo proper but the heart is saying man let's go to some of these small communities and plant them so that's the so we've launched a church like that where we sent people. We've taken a church that was dying and we were rent, you know res, bring restoration everything to that place, and then we created a church. Those are all just the dwelling place uh, network churches. We're all dwelling place, and then we planted a church down here in Plain City uh, that they have their own EIN number. They have all their own stuff. They work through with Sarah. So they're state recognized, and where they're covering for two to three years, which is what you guys have done solely to this point and they're with us for two to three years and then they'll eventually launch out on their own but we they keep their own finances they do all that i'm i'm talking to joe about, i need them to start putting some funds in <laughs> <clears throat> because here's the deal really i'm like so you're saying i mean we ran four campuses four churches last year on three hundred and ten thousand dollars. we have thirty thousand square feet under roof and you're like how in the world do you do it my structure sucks sometimes I'll just say it. You talk about the fifth. Because. Yes. If I could use other words, I probably would. Yes. They expected out of Jurassic so, and Ford. But, um, but, the, but when you're planning from a small, small place, listen, I have foregone my salary multiple times. For me, it's more about we're reaching another community. We've. We've got, we've almost doubled our attendance between what we, when, before we started. And there's nothing sexy about what we're doing at all. And, and a lot of times it's, it's more painful than anything else. But at the same time, you're like, look, I mean, we had one of those, well, Julie, Julie was never a lead pastor, but she was in on a staff. So she moved into a lead pastor position and a church planner. Our planter out, our church in Woodville, that he was a lead pastor, came home to take care of his dad who was, had Alzheimer's and was just filling in and we put him in. Our pastors in Swanton, they had never pastored before, but they'd worked in ministry. And so we have this, this opportunity to raise up the next that, you know, we're not having to go far and do this kind of stuff. So within this then, 
the goal for us now is to continue on, but we've created a different structure in our leadership that the dwelling place church planning network is where we're going. And so our church body created a structure where we have a network board. That's at least two members. I'm the chairman and it can have two more assembly. God pastors serve on the network board. And then each one of our campuses has an advisory committee, kind of like the network affiliated church structure. And if you're familiar with that, and if you're not, we can talk about that. But, um, So that way what we're doing is raising up from in their local church, they're getting their leadership because they kept calling me for stuff. And I said, I ain't got time. I'm trying to recruit. I'm trying to gain more money. I'm trying to do this and I need them to raise it up. So what happened was we just brought 36 new members in last week to our church. The churches that are a dwelling place, like in Holland, Woodville and Swanton, they're all members of the dwelling place church planning network. Julie and Shelby, who are pastors of our pack in in Plain City, they're members of our church, but they're raising up members within their place so that eventually they will have their own leadership structure. They'll recommend to us and we will point the budgets help get driven from the board all those kind of things but we've created this structure and eventually then i will step out of the campus pastor of holland and continue to lead uh and just try to recruit more and plant more churches so that so we've planted we've taken a church that was dead and brought it assumed them up underneath us we're stronger together and so both of those are ours. And then we planted a complete pack of its own so we've kind of done and i'm just excited when i hear about y'all talking about doing, you know, multi, uh, multi-site, that you're finally catching up to what we're already doing. So, <laughs> Wow. I, I, I thought the last session was competitive. I didn't, I didn't realize. So, so again, so the, the two different models, just for clarification, that, that you've got Conan and the C4 Network, who has not yet done another C3 campus. You've got Josh, who is a hybrid of both of those models. They've done dwelling place campuses as well as packed another church. And then the guys that were in here last time, so Greg Ford is going to do more one church campuses. Shane Walters is going to do mosaic campuses. Doug Grassick is doing movement campuses. Jim Wilkes and Journey has done all Journey campuses. So there are already just represented in our network three very distinct different models. But now, yeah, so Josh is like a hybrid of those. Conan is doing the singular thing for now, but getting ready to go in and do the hybrid. So many different models. So what were you going to say to that? When we talk about like our Holland and the churches up in in Toledo area up there, they have campus pastors. And they're out, you know, we pay their, we pay their salary from ours. Uh, we have big printers. We all their insurance. I mean, their insurance is half the rate because they're, they're underneath us. Then if they, you know, so all their overhead is a lot less. And then they actually have, they have their own, uh, their campus pastor will preach his own sermon series, his own direction, his own thing. He's operating as his own, but he doesn't have to deal with all the crap of ministry sometimes, you know? Okay. So yeah, that's okay. So let's just pause there for a second, because now that you see the models, they're getting into practical stuff. So I want to make sure that they're answering the questions that you have. So what are the questions? You've already seen it go from whether it's financial, staffing, video, how do you make those decisions? So what questions do you have? Between the different models, are there significant challenges sure. uh, for raising or reviving a church for one or completely planting a brand new church? Okay, and again, just for the sake of uh, time here, if, if, if you can be brief on that and then possibly connect afterward. So, so to just to... Yeah, yeah. Well, a great example would be right. Joe Grubbs here from from Now Church. So, uh, you know, story was it was a church down to 15 people, 
And I was actually serving as the presbyter, went in there and, you know, I said, no one's coming, right, for $50 a week to this, ta- to this town to be your pastor. So I said, let me throw you another option. What if we adopted you? So we, in that, we knew there was an, I'm just going to be blunt, there was an unhealthy culture, right, that was not growing. And so something had to be done. We shut it down. They actually gave me the keys. They put them in my hand. Gave me the, couldn't believe they did it. Gave me the keys. We shut it down. We revamped the whole sanctuary. Pulled out the pews. Ah, right? Uh, put in chairs, stained glass, screens, right? So we need, Joe, as the pastor, we brought those 15 people to our church. Now they're, they're seeing people being baptized, people coming to Christ every week, like part of a small group. And then we sent them back with some more of our people, which really kind of it took their DNA away and gave them our DNA. And we look at it as like Rob Ketterling talks about, he said, it's that organ donor. This body is dying. There's a, there's a healthy piece or two. We're going to take that, put it in a new body. And so we did that. Shut it down for a few months. How many months was that? Three months, four months? They, yeah, something. they saw this new, and then we relaunched it back. And so that was a huge win. They got a whole new DNA. And then now church is, you know, 150 and growing. They're killing it out there in Baltimore, a, a village of 2,000 people. So I would say that. So a new, a new person gets the chance to create their own DNA so any problem you have starting is yours because you created it, right? You know, where Joe still inherited some, but we tried to squash out some of those. Um, so I would say that'd be some of the difference. Refresh the question again for me. Did that answer it or do you feel like you want it? Okay, that's fine. That's good. All right, what do you got, Chris? Yeah, so we're going to do multi-sites at Radio Life Church. And so I would love to know why you're going or what, what is leading you from C4 to doing your C3s. Maybe how... how Yep. No, great question. I think we're at a place, right? We're totally maxed out, three services in one location. And so, you know, we looked, we were wrestling with the whole thing of, so we're going to keep C4. We, I think we got three or four in the pipeline for this year. Boom, boom. That's going to still happen. We got a guy in our church. We're going to help him go. But as a church, we are maxed out in seats. We were looking to build a bigger facility and dropped $6 million, five, $6 million in the building. And more we prayed about it, felt like God saying no. So for us, we said, who are we? You know what, we're, we're, what can we be the best at? Can we be a best at a church of 5,000, 3,000? I don't know. So here's what I know. We do, we do what we do right now pretty well. And I think for me as a person, I love, I'm, I'm there when people walk in, high five and shaking hands. I don't want to be the guy who just comes out of a green room and speaks. So for us and who I am, I go, the more we felt, we need to be a medium-sized church done with big church excellence. And so we're going to replicate that all across the city. One of our big issues was seats. So we can't open up enough seats, and this year we don't have anybody that's going to take 50, 100 people. So with these, we are going to expand, and really, too, from one main campus, you can only reach 20 minutes away, as they say is the radius. So we're going to go 15, 20 minutes away, reach a whole new radius, and we're going to free up seats. We're going to push, try to push 200-plus people to go. And hopefully when they, when they go, now we can fill those 200 seats back up. So we're maxed out. It's space is our issue. Will those finances be one? They will, yeah. So then we would go very similar to what these guys are doing. For ours, it would be a video venue, and we would, we're going to hire right out of the gate, full-time campus pastor, part-time kids, part-time worship, part-time tech, part-time administrator. So it's worked out for us. We had purchased a piece of land and then turned around and sold it and made 300000 So our budget for the first year was 300000 So God supplied all that. And so... Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So you remember the guy, Bruce Smith, that came in and spoke at Network Conference last year? Well, he, he is a consultant. And he helped Willow Creek grow. I mean, the guy's got all the credentials in the world for church growth. And they actually consulted with Conan and said, if you're just trying to create more seats of the same culture, 
you do a multi-site of the main campus. If you're trying to reach a different demographic, that's not going to fit. So C3 culture isn't going to fit in downtown Columbus. You would do a church plan. So that's, that's just kind of a rule of thumb. If you're trying to recreate, and if I get to the end of my driveway and I've got the exact same drive both ways, whether I go east or west, you don't want me to even care. Because the culture is going to be the same in both. That's a multi-site. Yeah. According to him. Right. And we're going to try to create the exact same experience. So we're even looking for a building about the same size. So our sanctuary seat's like 388. And so we're looking for that exact same replicate. We're even sending our best worship guy who's going to go there. In fact, if anything, we would love that building to be and go, this building's even cooler than the one in Pickerington. So... Yeah, it can't be a step down. It has to be even or even the next level up. Bizarre. And Stan Tharp, he is actually – I just talked to Ryan Day the other day. They've gone the same font everywhere. They've gone the same yeah. colors. The, the color on the bathroom sign is the same in every campus. So there really is just that it feels the same right. no matter which one you go. You know how you watch a McDonald's commercial before it even goes da 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 You know it's a McDonald's commercial. I'm like, it's McDonald's. And then they come in, it's McDonald's. It's so we want that. Food they show. Yeah, it's just amazing. Healthy. Listen, eat more of it. So, you know. Franchising. Yeah. yeah. It's good. And it's consistent. Yeah. yeah. It's consistent. It's good. Can I ask to follow up? Yep. We can go over there first. No, we'll follow up here and then we'll come over here. Okay. Yep. Then, with, like, your model where you have complete pastors that do their own thing, and that this new model will be, multi, like, video yep. screens. Yep. Would you maybe just talk for a minute on how you would decide that? Obviously, you're talking the same church, okay. yeah. but so it's slightly different. So setup. why won't the campus pastor speak live at the C3 campus? Or why why don't they, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay, so why, why will yours be a it's video good. and why aren't yours? I'll say this. We've had people, we've sent a lot of people, we've sent hundreds of people out of our church, and they're attached to a guy or a leader, and they go, but we have, the majority of our people go, I would never want to leave C3, I love you. Like, I, lo- I love the feel of this. Like, the word, that's why we're here. And so those people will go to a video venue that wouldn't go with, with a campus. Or, or, I'm sorry, with, with a set-alone church plan. Does that make sense? So for us, there are people who have bought into the DNA. They would go to another, and they've said that. I'll go to, I'll, if we launch another campus, I'll go, but I don't want to go with a church plan. On our side, we're going, you know, because it's a, you have your natural barriers. And so we're, we're a suburb right now of, a bigger community of Toledo. And then if we go to Swanton, which is our first location, three quarters of those people drive in to Toledo, but it has its own entity. Uh, Swanton is called Swantucky. If you live in there kind of thing. And I, I have now lived there. If it's true, I, I've really worked with my team to not say that, but the culture in that, that area was, I mean, even, even from this side, it, it'll take the next step. Like we didn't want a place that was rent that we'd rent, and tear down and come out because people have done that already in that community and they didn't make it. And that was all the people thought about was, oh, are you just going to be coming? You know, there's a Catholic church. The, the main churches in that community are Catholic and Lutheran. And, uh, and we just said, we need to have a place where people can go. And I want, I want to make sure that when they walk in the door, they have that. I mean, the campus pastor has that. But I really want the relationship because they're going to be the attractant. It's not me. I'm not going to be out there. It's great when we had a membership class. I had no clue who half of those people were because I've never seen them before in my life as we walk through that. But um, <clears throat> I wanted them to have really be about their community. Our DNA says we are all about our community. And because of that, then when we have that presence out there, it's not like we're sending from the big city, sending somebody out. 
It's really like, this is our church, our community. It's our leadership. It's our thing. So the mayor, we have meetings with the mayor. They pay for events. They do stuff like that because our local leadership owns that. And then they can address some of the topics that are happening right in there. And I think if you, I've, I've got a church plan, uh, Bedford, uh, compelled church until in Bedford, Michigan, planted a church in, in Holland, just two stoplights for me. And they're a, they're a video venue in our community and they're about the same size, but there's frustration sometimes because he's like, it's a completely different community. What do I, how is that opportunity to do that? And I said, listen, I, I want, there's a non-negotiable of the DNA of how we're going to do this. But there's a way that we can, you know, we believe in these values, these things. And I, you're all about relationship. I said, your job is just to love people. And I said, I don't care how we do that. We're just going to love people. And because of that, that's the main attractant. That pastor out there becomes the attractant at that size. And, and that was the importance to us. And I've given him that voice. And for the first, first year, I preached 52, well, we 52 weeks. I preached 48 of the first year because we did it on a Saturday and then moved to Sunday and he preached four. And then he would, I would have him come in and preach in Holland a couple of times. So I developed him and worked with him. And today, I mean, that's just, it's, it's an amazing thing what God's been doing in, in that church and in those lives. So that's why we, that's why we chose to, to not go video. Jamie? Yeah. So I had a question about shared resources and you both spoke to these a little bit and went C4 network, but what are some of the, the, practical shared resources that you have for the different models. I guess with the, the new model you're talking about, it's really all the same. Um, but you talked about insurance, you talked about, what about curriculum things, yep. about media? What are some of those practical things? So we, our children's pastor in Holland, um, she works with all the children's leaders of our different church, just at least as a, they have a small group, kind of walk through some things. So the curriculum that we use gets farmed out. To, so that everybody can be using the same. They have their choice to go a different direction, but we really encourage them to stay. And this is what we're paying for. So if you want to pay for something else, then it's going to have to come some other way. Because And, and some of that was the control of, of finances. We All the finances are in-house. They don't have to worry about... Our, my, I can tell you, my campus pastors love this fact that um, they have the leadership. I've empowered them with the leadership, but they don't have to worry if a paycheck is going to be in their account this week. They don't have to worry if we're short, is it, is it not going to be there? I mean, we funded our first plant located at Swanton. We, we put an extra $8,000 in this year on top of just, just basic. And then we're talking about, well, we ran, we can run a, we're running a campus at about, uh, about $42,000 is what our campuses ran last year in the structure. Our pastors are, they all work, I'm the only full-timer, but I make about a, uh, a half to three quarter salary for myself, and then I have all these other guys. They most my campus pastors make a hundred to hundred hundred seventy five dollars a week. A worship leader, we pay a worship leader at those locations, things like that. And so we are we are stat. We have a lot of staff, um, but they're stipend. So we control that from the top. So finances, we have a we have the bulk printer, the big printer that can print all the banners and all that kind of stuff. So we don't have to outsource that; saves us funds. Our insurance, because we have one, our buying power for insurance is that much better. So we're able to bring down the cost for their local insurance for what they would have to do. Um, yeah, you know, if we go do events or resource leadership stuff, our our campus pastors, we usually have a phone call. It was kind of slipped in there for a little while, but it's the Thursday night. 
every Thursday night and then one Thursday night a month we all come together to work on stuff face to face so we all drive in to do that um, resource if we're doing an event at one we go out to that location we we don't have three popcorn poppers we have one popcorn popper we do pictures in the park and the movies on the lawn which is what those are and so we have one sound system that travels between all the locations and then we rent the movie and use that same movie at all the places so that our, our royalty costs for those movies are lower the great thing about that event is the community's Pay, their mayors pay for that event, those events when we go do them, because we have all these resources to come in behind it. Um, and we're, we're on a completely different, different side, too, because of the, you know, on a smaller model where we don't have all the structures and all those kind of things that are in place. And sometimes I, mean, I got a big butt so we can fly by the seat of our pants pretty well. <laughs> this is the best recording ever. Come on, man. It's all for me. It's all you. You can have it. You can have that. No, this is the clean uh, it's that I would say ours is more, you know, resources. So when, when someone goes through the C4 network, right, they're linked with a coach and we help pay for that, right? You have Joe, who's not only a businessman, but he's also a uh, church planner. So he's walking hand in hand with these guys. We have a whole process. You know, we use the, the uh, boot camps to, you know, those things. But then we're, we're helping them walk through the stuff. And then I think we have our guys are helping each other. So like, man, I don't, I don't know how the systems and processes. Hey, one of our planners is amazing. You need to meet with them. And so all our guys are, they're all about willing giving everything and so sometimes too they're like hey we got 50 extra chairs who needs them and we have a a, 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 you know what is it a group group text kind of thing so we're throwing stuff out Uh, but it's all about how can we share some of the guys too will go hey uh, we got a new church planner coming up awesome coming to my church I'll have you preach I'll take an offering for you you know I know Joe's been an incredible example of you know letting guys come out hey I'll give you a a Sunday night or Wednesday night come and come and speak a message series or uh, but you know that's part of our heart is how can we make each other better so ours is I don't know, more looser in that, but it's how can we help each other? But yours, the greatest resource is the network. It is, yeah, the network. I mean, think about it, right? Like, you can have all the tools, but if you don't have that camaraderie, if you don't have a relationship, you know, when you're down, some of our meetings are on Monday mornings. I'm like, you can't quit on a Monday. You just can't ever, okay, right? So we're going to meet you on Monday morning. Snap out of it. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, coming from the perspective of a uh, planting multi-site campuses, with a, when you send out a team of people to do that, do they? Do you encourage them to tithe to your your church or to the multi-site? Yeah. So I mean, what we're going to do, okay, in that is they would tithe. I mean, all their their money would go in the offerings there on Sunday, but it would all tie back, you know, to us. That's how we would do that. They would we would have budgets that they would walk through. Yep. Here's we have you guys budgeted, but we would handle all the the finance through the C three side, C four side. It's all on their own. Yeah. So the multi-site says I'm I'm still tithing to C3. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter which yeah. building or offering bucket you put. It. When we when the day we decided to launch do the the Woodville the one we were doing one of our top givers sat down with me that day and said I got good news and I got bad news. The good news is we bought a house. The bad news is we bought a house in Woodville, so we're going to be leaving the church. And I'm like, oh, and I said, well. Praise the Lord, you're moving to Woodville because we're planting a church out there in Woodville. And uh, so that was, he's like, so we'll just plan, if we have a tither leaving, we'll just plant a church wherever they're moving to and <laughs> let, the, let the money come. That's yeah. So yeah. that answer the question, how do you know where you're going to plant next? Wherever the tithers are going. <laughs> yeah, wherever they go. We'll hunt you down. We know where you are. <laughs> uh, for both of you, how, how is your board structure set up? Do you have representatives from the that are actually that's good. Uh, that's good. Uh oh, look, he's got the answer. Right, you talk about yours first. Go ahead. You, well, C4 side, 
they, you know, they're on their own, right? So C4 side is the board. They have an advisory board in those churches, but any of the major decisions we help them make. So big financial decisions and all that stuff. We approve their budget and different things. But I would say as far as, you know, the multi-site where we're going to, when we, when we launch another campus, we will have, that is the goal, is to have someone from that location on our main board. Yes, correct. Yep. Yep. And Mike, each month I send out a report to all of our packed churches and they need to find out how your family's doing. If you're spending anything over a thousand dollars, they need to come in to us. We'll talk about it. Uh, what's going on? What are you planning? So we have monthly reports that we send out and they come back to this. So we have a check on their pulse, where they're going, what they're doing. Uh-oh, Josh got a diagram. There we go. Here's my diagram. Real quick and easy. Sarah's got the bat to point it out. There we go. No. Uh, this. So we run with a network. This is our network board. I think I just alluded to that. The five people, minimum of five people that serve on that board. I work with this crew. They have to meet at least one time a year face-to-face. They approve any amounts of budgets, things outside of the normal, what we've budgeted. Come down this line, I have a support crew, which is our office, our HR, anything like, you know, from those kind of things. Come down, finances. So each one of these campuses then has a campus pastor, any staff, and then down at the bottom they have an advisory committee that serves as their board per se. They're not really a board, but they're a yearly appointment in that location that when this campus pastor needs anybody, that that's who they call upon. They may be some of the staff may be on that advisory committee as well. Uh, We kind of stole the phrase from Conan back in the day, staff guided, board guarded, congregation gifted was a great phrase that we use that the board's job is there to guard our campus pastors and staff operate more as the uh more as the elder role because they're in the classrooms they're teaching they're doing all these things the spiritual guiding so our board then takes the role of saying how do we support our staff to be able to do what they're doing and how do we then empower our body to to step up to do this so kind of the structure i mean i know it's a crude kind of a thing but each so we have four right now right now i serve as the campus pastor in holland but i also serve as the network uh, I serve as the lead pastor, the, board, the leader of the chairman of the network board. Eventually, I'll step out of this role and just run this one up here. And we have in our office some resources and things. When you, if you go to go multi site, you decide that that's the path you want to take. We have some worksheets that will help you just ask the right questions, the things you need to be thinking about. Um, and we also have a sample set of bylaws if you decide to um, start a site that would be its own incorporated entity but be governed by the parent. We have a, a set to yeah. help you think through that as well. And I, I, I've sent this, many people have asked me about this is a... Um, this is not a normal, the structure to write the bylaws for this kind of structure we put together is not a normal structure within what we are doing within the assemblies right now. Um, I had to pull a bunch of these things together to provide that structure to make it and to give the authority in the right places. And so if that is a structure you're interested in, please email me on, and we'll get you that because you're not going to find that on the AG website. That was two years. are not technically NABOs. Right. So the old, yeah, correct. None of our churches are network affiliated. They're, they're all, all three of them are underneath the pack is their structure. So we're their board. That's the governance. We report them. If you're a pastor, you have to report them on your ACMR report and they, they meet with us. So we kind of, you know, Mike's on the, Mike's on the presbytery as well. And so they, I have my meetings with them kind of like a NABOD or like a network affiliated. Our structure overlays that that look and feel so but but we really work together on that in more than one time a year meeting kind of a thing
Does that make sense? Is there any church management software that's great for multi-site or financial accountability? Whatever you can, whatever you find that works. Because if you do, if you use a like they've got like see a, a church builder or whatever, there's kind of like Fellowship One. Those I. I, we tried those, but you have to have somebody that manages them. And so we step back. We're currently using Breeze, uh, $50 a month. And we can do check-ins on all of our locations, um, do all that stuff. It allows us to tag, to send emails, to do all the things. It's been, it's got an app right now, all those things. So Breeze is what we use. We've tried several others. And uh, if you want to know about more about multiple, you know, that, check, check with uh, Brad Andreas. Uh, from Journey Church with Je- uh, Ken back there, they like went through, and Brad's a lot smarter than all of us combined. I'll just say that. Right? I, I think the great thing about this pack model, the parent affiliated church, is so broad. The only thing that limits you is your vision. Yeah. Yeah. You can do. I mean, so complete. I mean, totally different, different. You know, ways this plays out, but it's like. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And we tell guys like, hey, you know, we not only want to help you plant churches, we want to help you launch your own church planning network. So we help you plant a church. You have a guy inside of your church. You run through the C4 process. He's still in your church. You launch him out of your church. Awesome. Man, we want to help. You know, they can't be a pack to launch a pack. They got to be, but, right. But but we but we can help. And so, man, we help a guy, you know, plant several churches. Great. Do launch your own church planning network. I mean, we could, you think of the possibilities, we could literally change the state of Ohio. Right, So we've been blessed with incredible leadership. I'll point at these guys here that are here to fuel this fire. And if you have a vision and a passion to do it, we have leadership. Pastor Wooten, an amazing, amazing team. It's like, hey, go for it. I'm like, I, t- I talk to other leaders in other districts. I've, I've been around other districts and they're like, well, what's happening now in Ohio? You're allowed to do that? I'm like, man, they just opened the door and said, run. And so, let's run. So I'm, I'm going to ask him a question, and then I'm going to come back to you, but I want to give you guys time to think about it. I want you to give us a, a brief positive and a negative for going multi-site. Okay, so maybe, with our current setup. Yeah, just up to this point, something positively, how it's affected your church, and maybe even something to caution on. Okay, so I'm going to give you time to think. What other questions do you have? I have a comment. Uh, we use Kingdom all of our pack churches. It's a uh, gentleman, they're out of Springfield and they help out with all the finances, all of the QuickBooks. They'll help you set all the uh, accounts you need and it's got a feel. So he'll help you set you up and then we'll work with you. And the Ohio Ministry Network has a special rate with them. Yeah. So if you're interested in doing that, don't contact them directly. Contact us and we'll put you, once we connect you with him, and that's for all of our churches, not just our church plans. That's for existing churches as well. We and when she special. says us, is Sarah with an H, Sarah Ann. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just something, again, it can be brief. So one positive thing that's come out of your, your multiplication efforts and then maybe one thing that you didn't expect yeah. that at the time maybe was perceived as a negative. So just give us yeah. maybe a, a pro and a con. Pro is that I'm getting to do this with people that never probably would have done it in their life. Since uh, I just... Our Swanton pastors, since they said yes, all hell is broken loose against them in their home. His, the mother-in-law had brain cancer. Wife lived at her mom's house for a year. And her stepdad was blind, so took care of both of them. He's had multiple surgeries. They've had things with their kids, all these things. We have sat in meetings and cried. We have done things, and we have... 
that's, we're doing it together. And we talk about the relationship that, I mean, beyond what Josh is able to do, whatever, anything else that we're able to do. The hard thing, um, oh, I, it was just right there too. Oh my gosh, the hard thing, the struggle I think at times for us is, you know, kind of walking through the finances as well from being a small, but listen, I don't care what kind of church you are. You always are going to have a financial issue, no matter what your vision. I mean, my vision is out there and it's like, how do we, how do we fund to make that? And uh, I know what it was. The bad thing about our structure right now is I feel if this is my Holland campus, that my Holland people suffer for what we do, the structure of the way, because we're a smaller group, I'm working more with all, there's, you know, all these other leaders at the same time. And I don't always get to be in my community. I don't always get to do the things that I want to do in our church. And so that's why we're seriously praying about who's God bringing in to take this role here. Um, Cause I, I felt for the last year that I'm the whole, I'm the person holding back our Holland location. But at the same time, I've got people that send me, they want to do stuff. They want to plant churches. They want to do that. And so I, I don't have to really dig too far at times to find people. But for me, it's about spending my time and my family loves what we're doing. I mean, that's my kids. They buy candy for the events. They, they do stuff. They want to show up. My, my oldest is upset because he didn't get to tear down a wall in one of the places. And, you know, but they're, they're invested. They go with me to the meetings. I preach and speak and travel at the different ones and have those opportunities. That's, I mean, our family, and that's, I guess it's another win. Our family is fully in on this and uh, they love it. And we, we all, and yeah. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, definitely win. <laughs> I, I remember growing up as a 11-year-old and seeing a church split. It, was a, it, was, it scarred me. And, and here's the thing, I was in there, I shouldn't have been in there. But when you plant churches constantly out of your church, you'll never have a church split. <laughs> because I think every healthy body takes things in and lets things go. So it's like, so... You know, so, the most optimistic person you'll ever Come be. on, man. Hey, Doug, church, we're planting. See? <laughs> Doug Clay told me that. He said, dude, if there's dissension, you can either sit there and gripe or you can get in front and lead the parade. I'm like, lead the parade. So, you know, when you when you see that Right. So when you see someone with that vision, right, you just you just capitalize on it, you breathe life into it, you put you pour gas on it and you help them fulfill it. And so sometimes so that's been good. I think I think the shift for us here's been the, the good thing too is I tell our team I, we're not we're not planting a tree, we're planting an orchard. So and I think with that, that's good and bad, right? So the good thing is that someday, you know, when I'm, when I'm in a nursing home eating Jello, okay, like I'll be able to, we'll be able to look back and go, there's going to be, I see it, there's going to be, there's going to be hundreds of churches that have been planted when our church dies, because every church has a lifespan, and when C3 is withered and dying, and it, that day will come. Okay? And I pray it's 150, 200 years down the road, but it could come. And when it comes, though, have we, have we, have we built an orchard? So, but with that comes a little bit of, of tension of like, with team staff, we could be a church of if we had not given all those people away. Now, you don't realize it until you show up to these area meetings and they're like, oh, and they pull up the numbers and they count all your packed churches in your numbers. So people are like, he's flubbing on his ACMR. There's no way they've got that many people came to Jesus. But it happened not just through C3, but through all these churches that have been planted. So, you know, it's one of those, hey, we're going to, we're going to, I told God this a while back, years ago. I said, Lord, if you give it to me, I'll give it away. I'll give it away, right? And you reap what you sow. And so if you give it away, when you think of kingdom impact, right, give it away. So.
What other questions you got? And as you're thinking, I'm going to ask, so we'll end on this question because we're going to get to lunch. But So I think everybody, even if you were in the last session, the three people that you talked to and including these two and including the other people that are currently doing multi-sites, most of them, to answer the question you asked, was this part of your vision to begin with? And all of them pretty much said yes. So now I'm going to ask you guys, what would you say to the pastors that are out there that maybe you took over the church you're in, or maybe you, it wasn't your vision from the beginning. What would you say to them? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, so for, for us, I felt like there was a vision to launch a movement to spread it, right, to make the word God gave me dent, to make a dent in Columbus for the name of Jesus. I had no clue how that would look, right? I just knew we were supposed to, we were supposed to expand the kingdom of God. And I just feel like, you know, if you have a heart of multiplication, which I feel is the heart of God, right? When you look in the scripture, you look in the New Testament, multiply. There's a multiplication anointing that the Holy Spirit gives us that I think many are not operating in, okay? Now, it's, it's the apostolic gifting, right? And so I think there are apostles in this room that God has gifted you with that, and you just have to realize it. And, you know, if, you know there's people out there that call themselves that, and you're like, okay, okay, but I... I there are certain people that you look at and go, apostolic anointing. Dude, you don't have to have the title because you just have it. You're walking in that gift. So there are many of you in this room that you may not even realize it, that God has called you to be an apostle. And you have to walk in that gift. And it's something that, you know, it may be like a, maybe like a coat that's too big right now, but God is going to grow you to the place where you're going to walk into that. And I would just say this, you be faithful with what you have right now. And you say, Lord, whatever you give me, I'm going to do my best to use it, not just for my location, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it to, to, to expand the kingdom of God. You know, we're either building an, our empire or God's kingdom. And an empire is going to crumble, but, it, but his kingdom will last forever. So. Conan also has the gift of woo if you've done the strength finder. So now if you feel like you can jump through a wall, that's one of his gifts. That's the only reason I'm where I'm at. You can do it. All right, let's go. That's why half the network office is where they are. They were on his staff to start with. I will echo um, just um, in Ohio, we have the opportunity that um, – when Eric used to, was sitting in, Eric Schroeder was sitting in the seat of the church planning director, um, and we felt this stirring in our hearts of what God was doing. Um, he said, so many times we lose these pastors and leaders that have this stirring because we pigeonhole people into, you've got to serve as a pastor in that role. And if you haven't served, and Eric said, he said to me across Mexican dinner one time in Finley, he said, listen, he's, He's like, we, they can't use the, phrase, the title apostle because, you know, whatever from the past of our fellowship, but we can recognize the gift and then fan that, as Conan said. And because of that, um, we, that's where we, we step in and walk through some of those opportunities and doing it. And let me tell you, you're never going to be in a place where you are ready to do it. If you're married, were you ready to be married? When you had kids, were you ready to have kids? All these things, you're like, we have to have so much in the bank. We have to have so much in this. We have to have so much of this. Listen, you're called just to take the next step. And we we took a church that was in the late 50s to 60s was the average age and did a rest, you know, um, whatever. We did the thing so it reinvented itself, whatever it is. Can't remember the name of the call right now, but 
you know, resuscitation, all those kind of whatever words. But um, we went through that process and turned it, and then we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to make this transition. And now I served on a past a staff in Columbus of a church that's a vineyard church now just around the corner from Conan. And that pastor sent people out twice. And I was on the staff when we sent people out the first time. He's like, man, this hurts. But he said, what I realized was this. He said, when I sent people out, the, the leaders I thought I was sending, God brought even more. He said, I tithed the percentage of our people. I tithed our people to go. And he said, but God not only met the, need, met the tithe, but he multiplied it. And he said, the quality of leaders we got were back. And at the point that we say we've got to hold on to people, I would say if you're saying we've got to hold on to people, you're probably always saying we've got to hold on and protect our money too. Protect all this stuff. And when we have a closed hand, we limit what God's willing to do in our life. A couple about 2008 when the market crashed the way it did, our church lost $40,000 in one year of giving. I, let, I stepped off, a st- I was on staff full time and then I went and ran a group home for 18 months. I worked six days a week from 5.30 in the morning until 10.30 at night and I preached on the seventh day. And we did that. My wife didn't think I was going to come back. I would make it out of that time. But in that season, we just said, we're going to continue to trust God. We're going to continue through it. My board said, you can go. We, we release you. You didn't sign up for this. But we said, you know what? God's called us to a community and to a people, and we are willing to do it. Well, in the midst of that, there was an article that came out in a pastor's magazine that talked about in the old days, the pioneer days, what they would do if they were under attack, they would circle up the wagons and put everything of value in the middle. And then just, that was their guard. He, the author wrote this article and said, listen, if we as a church begin to circle up the wagons and protect what we have, we're going to see a wave of churches dying. He said, at some point, we just need to say, keep on the path that we are and realize, yeah, we're going to lose. We're going to take some bumps. We're going to, we're going to break down sometimes. You know, the wheel may fall off. Some things may happen at different times. But the goal is to continue down the path and not protect what we have. Just serve with an open hand. Serve with, find the people that have the same vision as you or a vision that can speak life into you. Like Conan, let others speak life into you. And say, and, and yeah, we'll sit up here and joke around about the good, the bad, and the ugly. But in the end, there's more people today serving Jesus because of what, ha- what Conan said when he said yes to plant his church. There's more people today serving because we were willing to say yes and hold on. And sometimes the local church, if you're revitalizing it, that was the R word. If you're revitalizing, it's a tough, tough process because you're, you're just, you're trying to re, you know, molt and regrow from the inside where sometimes planting a church is easier because then you can just go. But if you're revitalizing a church, you're turning that whole culture and eventually you've got strong. I felt I had stronger people. I also had a budget. That was nice. You know, church planners don't have to always have that budget, but I had a budget that was going through. And today we got people old, young, they're still giving and going, and man, it's, it's an awesome opportunity. Thanks for the opportunity for letting uh, us speak a little bit. If really, we we don't have a clue. <laughs> like everything was different, and Gary's the same. He says, he, you know, but these two here are your greatest resources, even to be sitting in the seat that I am here today to be able to share. So, yeah, and I I would echo exactly what Josh said that if you think, if you are even even pondering the idea, you're in this room for a reason. And I, I love how Sarah says it. Let us help you say yes. And, and let us get you around people like these guys that are just going to breathe life into that because you know the enemy's going to try to steal it. 
And so let's get you around people. That's why we want to do leverage. We've got so many resources, and I can't say it enough. The greatest resource is the relationship. It's the network. I love the name, Network Resource Center. We want to build a great network. We want to resource this network. And obviously, we want to keep Christ in the center of it all, be great stewards of what we have. So I just want to say to you, thank you for even just entertaining the thought. And there are, I'm looking around this room, and I'm just like, man, there are already. I know, I know Josh Hester in the back. Man, if you get to hear that guy's story, get around him. Because he went inner city, now he's going to the suburban areas. That's, you want to talk a story, that's a crazy story. So that's another different model that we didn't even talk about. I know Ken DeChan's back there. I got the chance to, to drive around the neighborhood. I know uh, People's Church wants to become their own network. I know Radiant Life. Guys, there are networks just being ready to be birthed out of this very room. That what, look at next year's synergy. What are we going to be able to say that happened just in this room because you allowed somebody to breathe life into your vision as opposed to, ah, you can't do that. There's going to be those naysayers. Don't listen to them. Call us. Let us breathe life into this. Let us resource it. Let us help you say yes. I'm just going to ask Conan to pray us out. Yeah, awesome. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we right now, through your power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would fan into flame the gifts that you've placed in our heart. God, there are churches that have yet to be planted in this room. God, there are church planting networks that have yet to come into fruition. And Father, we call it into fruition in Jesus' name. God, we pray that you breathe life into us. Lord, we pray that the, the giftings and the talents and the resources and the visions that you've given us, Lord, we pray that in your time and your way, God, we would walk it out through obedience. And God, may we see Ohio and beyond changed by the power of Jesus Christ. So Lord, right now, we just lay down everything at your feet. Lord, may we operate in the abundance mentality rather than a scarcity mentality. Father, you are a God of abundance. You're a God of multiplication. Lord, I come against any fear in this room that the enemy would breathe and speak into our ears. I come against it in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that we would operate in the boldness and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, may we move forth with humility, but may we move forth with courage, with wisdom, knowing that you have given us everything we need to accomplish all that you've called us to. So Lord, may we settle for nothing less. God, I speak life into these leaders right now in the name of Jesus. May they step into all that you've called them to step into. May they rise into the men and women of God that you've called them to be. God, I pray that you'd raise up pastors, that you would raise up apostles, <laughs> dreamers, Father, in this room, to dream the crazy dreams, put a plan to it, and then put everything they have. God, may we literally lay down our lives for the name of Jesus Christ. Father, may we go in peace, may we go in power, and may it come to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Amen. No, hey, thanks.